Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Well, you can be seated this morning. We're glad you're here. We're going to have a great time today. I know we have uh, the turkey hangover, right? Uh, probably eating turkey tacos and turkey enchiladas, whatever you're eating, but uh, we're glad you're here. We're glad you made it this morning and uh, appreciate all of you making the time to come at our nine o'clock service. Welcome those that are watching online as well. In fact, why don't you turn your neighbor and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. I believe that today. I believe you're in the right place and I'm excited about this message uh, because I think this message is going to relate to every single person in this room. In fact, this is the last message on this series, Timeless. How many have enjoyed this series? And, uh, well, I have. And uh, this series has been really about values and attributes that don't have an expiration date. They're timeless. There are values that we should hold dear to our heart and really values that are found in the Word of God. And there's a model we've been talking about. It's found in the city of Lakewood. If you ever drive through there, it says time change, values don't. And I believe that. It's timeless. Time changes, but the values should never change. And values say a lot about who you are, and they really identify uh, who you are and what you value in life. And so uh, Proverbs chapter 3 kind of been the theme verse. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to get right into it. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. That's a good word right there. Because it's so easy to lean on our understanding. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. So let's pray as we dive into this message. Father, we thank you for the word we thank you, God, for your people that are here this morning. I pray that you'll speak to their lives. Let the word of God come alive in their heart. And Father, I just pray today that we would just focus on you today. Help us to uh, give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your word. And let the people hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. So I... I pray that you've had a great Thanksgiving uh, with your family. Uh, but this morning, I want to talk about a timeless value. Uh, and it's really uh, what the value is, is truth and honesty. Truth and honesty. The Bible has a lot to say. In fact, gives us, many times, gives us instructions of examples of men and women that were honest. Also gives us examples of men and women that weren't honest and the things that happened to them. In fact, one of the most radical stories, if you read the book of Acts in the New Testament, chapter 5, is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And the Bible says they lied uh, to Peter and they tried to make it like they were giving this great offering and, and uh, uh, they lied about how much they had given and they lied. And the Bible says that uh, and I, uh, uh, Sapphira died first and three hours later, her husband came in, and he died, or, she, or he, he died first, and then she came in and died three hours later. 
And how many thank God he doesn't operate that way today? I'd, I'd be speaking to the empty room this morning. No, we, I don't think any of us would be here today, but it, it's amazing how God uses that. Uh, but today I want to talk about something that uh, uh, all of us, again, when, when it comes to honesty, I'll be honest with you, the irony of honesty is all of us want it and we desire it, but in practicality, we actually put very little value to it. Uh, when when uh, they ask parents uh, to describe the number one quality that they want in their children, they said honesty. I think that's what every parent wants. They want their children to be honest to them. Uh, they did a survey and they said 91% of all Americans say they lie regularly. 91%. That means the other 9%, who knows? They might have lied about telling the truth. We don't know. So there's a lot of lying going on. So how early do we learn lying? Well, they say, actually, even as the baby, babies will fake a cry to get your attention to see if anyone's coming. And, they, and then once you show up, or if you haven't showed up, they'll cry some more. They say that babies have a way of doing that. One-year-olds know how to conceal things. Uh, Two-year-olds, they know how to bluff you a little bit. You ever dealt with a two-year-old? Uh, a nine-year-old, he's mastered the art of covering things up. And by the time you're a young adult, you are going to lie to your mom and dad at least one out of every five times you interact with them. So there's a lot of that going on. And we live in a world today where there's a lot of deception, you know, spam and in fake emails and, uh, you know, Ponzi schemes. And we live in a culture of deception and a culture of lying and how many opportunities I begin to think about this as I'm ministering this morning how many opportunities is there to lie from the time you get up to the time you go to bed how many opportunities when you interact with people is there to lie I mean every conversation every phone call every text and we have dozens and dozens of opportunities to be dishonest. Uh, sociologists tell us that we either hear or see 10 to 300 lies a day. Actually, it's 10 to 200, but I just wanted to tell you the opportunity is there to lie, right? I can, could have said 500. You would have believed that, right? But it's actually t 10 to 200. I'm just giving you an example. I'm not lying to you. 10 to 200 times a day that we have the opportunity. So here are some great lies that we do and most people do every day and they'll tell you, I'm almost there. And they haven't even left the house, right? My phone died. How many have you heard that one? Man, my, my phone's acting weird lately, you know? I just, it wasn't that expensive and it cost you an arm and a leg. Just one more time and you keep trying to do it. I don't really watch TV and you veg out almost every night. I'm almost finished. You lie about your age. Or how many times have you said, I forgot? You didn't forget. I'll do it tomorrow, and you never do it. I'm listening, and you know you're not listening. I'm busy, and you're not busy. Nice to see you, and you hate to see them. I, I haven't got any change, and you got a bunch of change in your pocket. I've got no money. Come on, let's check your bank account. I got stuck in traffic. There is no traffic. I don't know what's happening. What happened there? You know exactly what happened. 
I'm not feeling well. You know you're home watching online because you got lazy. You're full of turkey. Anyway, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing you. You're not. Man, that was a real nice meal. It was awful. I got a headache. Ladies, you know you don't. The email went, it must have went into a junk folder. One size fits all. Man, it doesn't. That's not true. How many have heard this one? Your table will be ready in a minute. It's another hour, right? And this one I love. Pastor, I love the message you preached last week. You don't even remember what I preached last week. So here we go, okay? So dishonesty has different faces. And uh, uh, it all, uh, if we live in this dishonesty, it's going to strangle the life out of us. And so we need to realize that the Bible says a lot of things about dishonesty, about lying, and it seems to be this is our culture, it's promoted in our culture. In fact, it seems like our culture promotes untruth, deceit, dishonesty, Uh, uh, it practices uh, to be unethical, and we're seeing the residue of dishonesty all around us every day. And we almost come to a place where we kind of expect people to lie. You're kind of always, you know, it, I mean, it's sad. I mean, how many expect to a certain degree, a eh, politician, he's lying. You know, there's something in there. Or you expect a degree of untruthfulness in advertising. You know, it's gonna, this is going to be the last one you buy. That's not true. You know that's not true. And so all of these different things that, that you know, most guys, when, you, when, I, when I was growing up, the cologne with Old Spice. And, man, if you put Old Spice, all the gals are just going to be following you. That never happened, you know. Uh, where are the babes at? There were no babes. They were, they were, they were, they were somewhere else. Uh, you thought they were going to come running. And believe it or not, there's a degree of untruthfulness that we even expect in the church. In fact, the last 20 years, we probably have seen more and more skepticism when it comes to church. And we have a degree of untruthfulness in business. When you're dealing with a business transaction, especially car salesmen, are you listening to me? And you're kind of thinking, ah, you know, I don't know how honest they are. And so there's just degree. And then even companies today where you, where you go and apply, they want you to be ethical. And they, want to, they give you this... Uh, this test to see if you're lying, if you're a truthful person, and yet sometimes they're telling you to do untruthful things. In fact, they did a survey of 31 colleges and universities, and they found out that 15,000 juniors and seniors in college were interviewed, and they said most of them said that they cheated at one time or another. 63% of humanity majors admitted to cheating. 68% of science majors admitted to cheating. 74% of engineers admitted to cheating. 87% of business majors admitted to cheating. They didn't interview political science because there was no need for that. And so from the White House to your house, there had been dishonesty and there is a degree of lying. I heard this story, and it was back in, uh, in, in the Midwest where this young boy, he, he, br- he won this prize for uh, having uh, this, the biggest bull. It was 11,000-pound bull. But two weeks later, the prize was taken away from him because somehow he had found a way to fool, 
fill up the bull with air. And I don't know how you do that. But that's probably where they got the saying, that's a bunch of bull, right? Or possibly you're full of hot air. I don't know, but this actually happened. The guy lost the prize because he had filled the bull with all kinds of air. And so this, is, this goes deeper than just our culture. It gets into our very nature of who we are. And if we're not careful today, we begin to think that, you know, it's in our culture. But believe it or not, it's in our nature. The guy that invented the lie detector test, Dr. Leonard Killer, he interviewed 25,000 people, and he came to the conclusion that most people are basically dishonest. He said, at the core of humanity, there is dishonesty. And when you read the Bible, how many know that's no surprise? The Bible said the heart is deceitful. In fact, Romans chapter 3, verse 4 said, let God be true and every man a liar. And so it's not just in our culture, it's in our very nature, and not only in our nature, but it's in the structure that we live in. It's kind of spiritually structured that way. If you think about it, how many understand the devil's a liar, right? And we're in a place where, if we'll be honest, uh, we're in the spiritual battle versus light versus darkness, God versus the enemy. And so there is some spiritual truth to what I'm saying. I'll read John 8, 44. He, talking about Satan, has always hated the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So the Bible does not sugarcoat the fact that there is an enemy out there that is getting that deceitful and wants us to be deceitful. And can I tell you what God's view is about lying? God hates it lying. If there, if really, the scripture talks about there, that God hates a person that lies. And basically, because God is honest, and the Bible said that God's the God that cannot lie, but really that word hate means disgusting. It means detestable, utterly and thoroughly repulsive. And so the truth is dishonesty is the perversion to God's character. And he wants you and I to fall in love with honesty. Can you say amen? He wants us to have a love affair with honesty today. So I want to give you some things. Number one, kind of just show you what happens when, what is the result of dishonesty today? What is the result of that? Why, why is dishonesty so harmful? Why does it affect us so much? And I'll give you a few reasons. Number one, uh, because of dishonesty, we become a little bit more skeptical. Because we've been lied to over and over. When we have a, a, a conversation with someone, in the back of our mind, we're thinking, is this person really telling me the truth? Is this person really being honest with me? We're wondering whether or not they're telling us the truth or not. The second thing that happens, the truth has been broken down because, again, like I told you, it's so much in our culture that we don't trust anyone anymore. I, I've experienced that as a pastor many times. When I come talk to people, they're like checking me out like, hmm, I don't know. I don't, you know, like, 
dude, I don't have nothing in it. I mean, you know, I'm not going to gain anything to lie to you. I'm just trying to help you. And they go, mm, I don't know. It's like, what am I going to get? What do I win? I'm just trying to help you. And people think I'm going to win something if I get around them. So I'm trying to help you. I honestly, when I have a conversation with people, I say, I want you to know, whatever I tell you, I have the best in mind for you. They're kind of questioning. I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, you know, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to bring some wisdom or insight to you. And oftentimes, you see the skepticism, and you can see the truthfulness has been broken down. This honesty has made us insecure. How many times have you heard little kids when you tell them something, they say, cross your heart, hope to die. Stick the needle in your eye, right? Why, why do they say that? They say that because they want to know if you're really telling them the truth. They want to know what you're saying really is the truth, and people crave the truth, and when people don't have the truth, it leads to insecurity. And so people are looking for security, and truthfulness brings that. See, honesty shouldn't just be a great ideal. Honesty should be something that is part of our lives. Honesty should be something that all of us should desire and want. And not only that, honesty is God's command. God doesn't want us to lie. How many can say amen? And until we learn to tell the truth, our relationships are never going to be secure. Our relationships with people, our relationships in church, our relationship with our children and with our wife or husband, uh, if they're not honest, they're always going to be left insecure. There's always going to be this insecurity thinking something, there's a disappointment coming because that person isn't honest. I've found that when I've been dishonest in life, that it wounds the soul. Have you ever been dishonest? and it, it kind of just wounds your soul, it sticks with you? Can you remember a moment, I'm not talking about, let's just say before Christ, BC, okay, before Christ, that you, you said something or you did something. It could even be years ago and you still remember it. You still remember that you lied. And the reason why you're guilty and it wounds the soul because it opens the door to deception. Have you ever lied and, and said it wasn't you and it was somebody else? And to, to this day, everybody thought it was that person and actually it was you? Well, you guys are lying this morning. Anyway, why do I remember acts of deceptions? I still remember some things that I did that, that have wounded my soul because I opened this door to deception. Now, here's what people do. The more you keep the door open, the more you're dishonest. The more you try to cover your conscience, it's like this thing to keep you from feeling guilty. But I want to tell you the truth today. Deep, deep inside, deep, deep, you desire to tell the truth. You desire to be honest, and only God can help you. How many can say amen? See, we are created in the image of God. And deep down, all of us really want to tell the truth. So how do we take steps toward honesty. How do we take step toward telling the truth? This is a timeless value. Proverbs 23, 23 says, buy the truth and do not sell it. What he's expressing there, King Solomon is saying, if you can buy the truth, it's a great investment. Don't give it away. 
That's what he's saying. If you were able to buy the truth, somehow buy truth in your life, do not give it away. Do not sell it. Uh, uh, pay for it. Let it. Whatever it costs you, let it characterize your life. And so a couple of things I want to say to you. Number one, write this down. Take an inventory right now, if you can, just in your mind, of your truthfulness. How honest are you? How honest are you? Proverbs 14, 9 says, fools don't care if they sin, but honest people work at being right. Honest people, man, they're, 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 they're working at it. They don't want to lie. They don't want it, It's tough because we live in such a deceitful world. It's tough because there's so much deception that's around us. And I want you to know sometimes it's tough to be honest. Uh, there a number of years ago, um, I don't know, it might have been like five years ago, maybe a little longer. I remember I had this bump on my eye right over my eye. Some of you might have remembered. And that thing started getting bigger and bigger. Every day I look in the mirror and there's this big old bump, man. And then people would tell me, Pastor, you need to take care of that. You need to go to the doctor for that. So finally, I went to the doctor and they had to do some surgery. And uh, they took it out. I remember a day I, I went and had surgery. I, I came out of the uh, anesthesia and my wife was there. And she goes, let's get up, let's go, let's go. I said, well, what happened? And she goes, let's go, let's get on it. You can sleep at, how, at the house. And I, and I remember, I go, I just woke up. She goes, let's go. I've been waiting here a while. We need to go. <laughs> so I remember that, honey. And she drove me home. I remember that. And I did go to sleep. But she said, said you need to get, they cut that thing. Can I tell you something? Sometimes when you lie, it's going to take some surgery. It's going to take somebody to come in and cut that thing out to remove it. And we need to ask ourselves, let's be honest, how, how dishonest are we? Okay, I mean, I'll just ask, how, how, how are you being dishonest? How, how, why am I being dishonest? And I should ask the question, where am I being dishonest? Am I dishonest at home? Am I dishonest at church? Am I dishonest at work? Am I dishonest with other people? And because all of these things, uh, we have to ask ourselves, where am I being dishonest? And thank God we have a God that's big enough to forgive us. How many can say amen? And so I can tell some of you are getting real defensive, but that's okay. Uh, so here, here's the question, how am I being dishonest? Now, a lot of us would say to ourselves, I've never robbed the bank, you know, I've never did this and did that, but... Many times we're being dishonest in areas that are very practical, but we're still being dishonest. So, so can I put myself under the bus since you won't? I'll put myself under the bus. It's happened and I've done it where someone will come to me and my wife and I could either we're shopping or we could be at a restaurant and someone will say, Pastor Omar, and they come, you know, smiling, and, and I'm looking at them and trying to figure out who they are and they're coming in and they'll say, remember me? And this is what I do. This is what I do. See, this is deceitful. I'm doing it to protect others, but it's still deceitful. Are you hearing me? Because, see, I want, people, I want people to feel good. I want people uh, to be happy. And so in order to make that person feel good, I just say, oh, yeah, you kind of look familiar. In the back of my mind, I've never seen this person in my life. You've never done that? 
And so I carry on this conversation with this person like if I know them, but evidently they know me because they've heard me preach or they know I'm a pastor or they've even come to the, but I don't want them to feel bad. So out of protecting them and doing that, I'm still being deceitful. You hear what I'm saying? When I could just simply say, I'm sorry, you know, I I don't know who you are. I don't remember you. And, uh, you know, and just be honest. Just be honest. You know, there's times where I don't remember people's names in church. I'll just, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Can you tell me your name? And what we do is we can be deceitful with people and instead of being honest with people. That's one example. How many of us have slandered and gossiped about people? Right? You, you gossiped about them because the goal is you're making yourself, you want to make yourself look better than that person so you, you gossip and you lie about that person or you slander them, that's a form of deception or exaggeration. We exaggerate what happened. It wasn't really that good, but you made it look better than it really is. We do it on Facebook a lot. You're lying. You're lying. This isn't that good. But we're making it seem like it's the greatest thing. You know what the Greek word for exaggeration is? Called resume. Resume, Yeah. You're making a big resume about it. Anyway, let's go on. Silence is another way of dishonesty. I'm lying, and I know I'm lying. I'm keeping, I'm keeping information from you that I know will help you, but because I'm being silent about it, I'm being dishonest. When I ought to be telling you the truth. You ask me something, and I know it's wrong, but in order to avoid the conversation, I'm just silent when I ought to speak the truth in love. Am I right? Or we could be deceitful. We're shading the truth. We're not telling the truth. We're kind of shading it uh, because, uh, uh, you know, what, for whatever reason, we're not being honest with that person. We're, we're, we're shading the truth. Uh, we're making it seem like it's something else when it's not. You ever met someone, uh, they're, they're nice to you, they're treating you really good, but really, at the end of the day, they're just trying to sell you something? They don't really want to be your friend. They just want to sell you something. I've been around people like that. They, I go, man, this person's really friendly. They're always talking to me. And at the end of the day, then you find out, oh, they're trying to sell this on the side. I'm just a customer. They're being deceitful. Am I right? Or you've been around people that justify their lies. In other words, uh, they, they basically justify something that happened. They they, they didn't charge you for certain items on your, at the restaurant, and you say, well, it's their fault, you know. God wanted to bless me. <laughs> Never happened to you? And can I tell you, God is nauseated by our lives. When it comes to our marriage, when it comes to our conversation, are we deceitful? Here are some roots to lie. We lie because we fear. The Bible says Peter lied about knowing Jesus because he feared for his life. Cain lied because he was prideful. Potiphar's wife lied because she was jealous, or she was angry, I should say, at this young man. Joseph's brothers lied about him because they were jealous about his life. And so all of us, we have a choice. Are we going to tell the truth, or are we going to lie? Number two, We need to make an honest evaluation, and this is really critical here, and I think all of us need to hear this. Dishonesty, there are gains and there are losses. What do I mean by that? There are some times when we lie, we're going to gain something. 
I want to be honest about lying, okay? I'm going to be honest. You gain something if you cheat on your taxes. You get more money. You gain something. Am I right? You can lie on the resume and someone will hire you. You can lie about something and it'll give you better influence and better reputation. Are you hearing me? Even I can get around pastors and they can, they can start talking about how big their church is. And I can say, oh, yeah, I'm running so many. And I'm lying, see? See, so we have, to, we have to be careful. I can gain influence. I can gain a reputation or I can tell the truth. But the Bible is very clear about this, that those gains are only temporary. How many understand that? The Bible is very clear that those gains are very temporary. They don't last. And many times, those gains are going to be exposed. Am I right? How many of you Raider fans have been lied to by your team? You're still living the lie. They told you it was their year, and again, you're living the lie, right? And then you're propagating it. But that's a different story. But let's think about some of these lies that are just temporary. I thought I'd just tell you guys that. They're lies that are just temporary. Uh, Barry Bonds, he broke the home run record in 2007. But then they found that he was kind of using some extra juice, right? Some steroids. Cyclist uh, Lance Armstrong, he, he won apparently all these titles, but then they find out that he was t- taking all these steroids. See, it, the, the, the gains were only temporary. Proverbs 13, 21, trouble chases sinners while blessing chases the righteous. So it pays to be honest. But we lose character because, let me tell you something, when we're dishonest, we lose character. There's something about us today. Honesty builds character. Let me tell you the difference between character and reputation. Reputation is what people think you are. Character is who you really are. Reputation is who you are in front of everybody. Character is who you are in the dark when no one's around. See, are you the same character when no one's looking? And let me just tell you, when honesty and integrity come together, man, it builds consistency. In other words, your honesty, your integrity, your reputation, they all come together. I'm telling you, character is what you're going to take to eternity, who you really are. I've been to funerals, and I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm really impressed when I go, go to funerals, when people go up and talk about this person. But you know what impresses me more at a funeral? When that person's children get up and talk about them then I know that person's the person of character. I can, I, you, can, you can fool the coworkers, you can fool the neighbors, but you can't fool your children at home who you live with, am I right? They know who you really are. You can't fool the wife, right? She'll really tell, oh, that good for nothing, man, I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> then you know, then you know, right? Proverbs 20, verse seven, good people who live honest lives will be a blessing to their children. See, your, your honesty and your character should be passed on to your children. And I'm going to tell you, home is where character is tough. That's where honesty really comes out. 
That's where you're going to know whether or not you're really a person of honesty and it's consistent and they can see it in your life. Let me say this to you. We lose spiritual maturity when we're not honest because honesty builds maturity. I know a lot about your spiritual maturity if you're always lying and always dishonest. You're not very mature in Christ because the closer you are to Christ, the more honest and the more, uh, um, and, and, the, and the more honest and the more character you are. Ephesians 4.15 says, instead we will hold to the truth in love becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of the body. So let me just say that when I'm dishonest, I'm not facing sin. I'm not facing the sin that's keeping me from growing. When I'm honest, I'm facing issues in my life and, and, and dealing with that and letting God deal with it, and that's going to build character and maturity. The more honest you are, the more integrity you have, the more maturity you have. See, when you're dishonest, you're going to lose security in your home. You're going to lose security in your relationships. You're going to begin to feel uncomfortable in things in your life because your relationships are not going to be secure because you're not being honest. Proverbs 11.6 says, doing right brings freedom to honest people. Man, you want real freedom? Start telling the truth. Mark Twain said it this way. It's easier to tell the truth. That way you don't have to remember and keep track of anything. What did I say to that person? What did I tell that person? You ever, you ever, you ever been around a, a chronic liar? They tell you one thing and then they told this other person. And then you start realizing they, they can't keep track of all their lies. So it says, doing right brings freedom to honest people, but those who are not trustworthy will be caught by their own desires. So what is it going to cost you today? What is it going to cost you to be honest? Are you willing to make a change? Are you willing to make a transition? Are you willing to pay the price that pleases God? Do you have enough conviction of the Holy Spirit to start being more honest. First Chronicles says, I know my God that you examine our heart and rejoice when you find integrity there. I'm telling you what, if there's anything that pleases God, it's people that tell the truth. If there's anything today, friend, that you're going to be able to please God is when you're honest. When you begin to love God and pursue a relationship with him, that will begin to drive you toward honesty. The more I imitate God, the more I walk with God, the more compelled I am to be honest. If God is indeed invading your life, if God is indeed coming to your heart and it's changing your life, then all of a sudden those things that are dishonest, God's going to expose and you're going to let God deal with that. If the Holy Spirit is residing in my life, then there's going to be this internal signal that says, hey, he's going to spotlight things in my life to say, hey, you need to get this right. Hey, you're being dishonest here. How many of you know it's called conviction? How many of you have ever heard of conviction before? So I'm going to just say this. How can we come to church and feel no conviction, living a life of sin? The only way we could do that is you're a dishonest person. If you come to church and you're consistently in sin and you're not getting it right with God, 
and the conviction of God is speaking to you, but you never respond. It just tells me you're a dishonest person. We cannot have an intimate relationship with God if the Holy Spirit's not speaking to you and you're not repenting and turning to God. Sometimes people come up to me and they'll say, Pastor, man, you really convicted me. No, I didn't convict you. The Holy Spirit did, right? My job isn't to convict people. My job is to convey a message and in that message that God will speak to you and if you feel conviction, congratulations, God's speaking to your life still. Amen. You ought to be honored that God's spotlighting some things in your life. But if you're here and you feel no conviction, uh-oh, something's wrong. If you could come to church Sunday after service, Sunday after Sunday, and not feel any conviction, or even on Wednesday, and God's not dealing with you, I really question what's happening in your life right now. You, you, you're, you, you basically opened the door to deception, and you're not letting the Holy Spirit deal with your life. Psalm 51 says, 6 says, you want truth deep within the heart. God desires that. Psalm 140, verse 13, honest people will live in his presence. When I live in the presence of God, I'm compelled to live honestly. I'm compelled by God to be honest. See, if I'm going to church, that's good. But if I truly have a relationship with God, then it's pursuing me to be honest with God. And when God deals with me, I'm going to respond. I can't tell you how many times God will speak to people in the church and they'll just sit there like, oh yeah. Hey, you're like Teflon, man. Nothing can touch you. It, it just, it's like, man, it just rolls off of you. What, what's happening is you're deceiving yourself. You're not letting God get a hold of you. And after a while, friend, you're going to create this coding over your heart and over your mind and soul where God's not going to be able to speak to your life. And you're, you're, you're living dangerously. The moment God begins to speak to your life about issues and things, that's when you need to be responding. The Bible says the fear of the Lord gives security. Do we have any fear of God? And this last thing, and I'm going to have the worship team come on up here, but we need to practice Honesty. How many know, how many have ever heard honesty is the best policy, right? You ever heard that? I remember years ago, I used to work at this company, and they had this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The snack box. And most of us, you know, you have the vending machine, but this guy brought this snack box. It was a box, and it was called Honesty Box. And you basically, it was, it was based on an honor system. And so they had all these snacks and you just put your cash in this little cardboard box inside the, I mean, there's nobody keeping track of that. And I remember when the guy came to the company, he said, I'm a, and everybody goes, dude, that's not gonna work. They're trying to tell this guy, he goes, no, no, I'm, I, I'll put it here. If you guys let me put it on this counter, guys, let me put it on the counter and I'm doing it all over. And it was called the honor system, the honest box. And I remember half the time he'd come and half, half the money would be gone. People would just take snacks and not pay for it. And us, us guys that worked in the office in different places, we'd, give them, we'd just give them the money, you know, because we just felt bad. And I began to realize, you know, there's a lot of dishonesty. They, they couldn't even pay for the dollar snack. And it was the honesty box. How many of us today, man, if the Holy Spirit put us before the honesty box today, would you be honest?
James chapter 1 says, remember, it is the message to obey, not just to listen to. For if you just listen and don't obey, it's like looking at your, your face in a mirror, but not doing nothing to improve the appearance. What are we doing today? God wants us to be honest. How do we do that? Proverbs 2, 7 says, He is there to shield, protecting those that walk with integrity. When we walk honestly, the presence of God guards our heart. He guards our mind. When we walk honestly, he brings direction. Proverbs 11:5 said, The godly are directed by their honesty. And when we are honest, he sustains us. Proverbs 12, 19. Truth stands the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. I believe today is the time that we need to be honest. We need to be honest with God here in the house. We need to be honest in our transactions with people. We need to be honest in our homes, in our relationships. You're married with your husband or your wife. A number of years ago, there was a, a man who was unemployed, and he found el an envelope with $11,000 in it. Turns out that there was a newlywed couple that had left the hotel that day, and after the wedding reception, he's helping his wife, his new wife, in the car. He put the envelope on top of the car. They drove away. And this man by the name of David Yee, who was unemployed, found it, $11,000 in cash. He had a choice to make, do I return it or do I keep it? He was unemployed. In fact, he was on his way when he found the envelope, he was on the way to a job interview and he didn't get the job. Then somehow he found out, I don't know if it was advertised, this was back in the early 90s, but he found out that it belonged to a couple and that they had went on their honeymoon and they wanted to use some of that money to help pay for their honeymoon and also at that time to save some of that money. And so he came forward. This unemployed guy came forward and he gave that money. And they asked him, why, why, did, why did you turn it in? And he said, I got bills to pay, but still, this money doesn't belong to me. And after that, people, these companies found out, Motorola, Sony, or Sony, Hilton, all these people began to want to hire this guy because of his honesty. See, I believe God rewards honesty today. If we'll be honest, even when it's tough to be honest, even when it's difficult, even when you can gain temporarily from that dishonesty, I believe God rewards honesty. Be honest with people. Be an honest person today. So let's pray. Let's bow our heads in reverence to the Lord. Close our eyes for a moment. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray today that your word has spoken to our hearts today. In fact, your word says that Jesus makes this statement, I am the way and I am the truth. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. 
and no one come to the Father but by me. If you're looking for truth, Jesus is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If you're thinking, you know what, I've got my own way, friend, I'm telling you, you're believing a lie. I've got my own truth to get to God. You're believing a lie, friend. Jesus is the only way. He's the only truth. And he's the life today. So if you're in this building, perhaps, maybe you're here for the first time, maybe you've visited before, maybe you're watching online today, I want to share with you today that God loves you, and that's the truth. That Jesus died for you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes, whoever, that, that's you, that's me. Whoever believes, man, if you'll believe, you'll have eternal life. You won't perish, the Bible says. Today, if you'll just ask the Lord to come in your heart, let him be Lord of your life today. Jesus will save your soul. Jesus today will come in your heart and be Lord of your life this morning. So if you're in this building, before I change the order of the service today, I want to give you the opportunity. I want to be truthful with you today that there's a God in heaven that loves you and wants to come in your heart, wants to come in your life today. If you'll be honest with God and say, you know what, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. I need Christ in my life today. Would you be honest today and just say, yes, that's me? If there's any time you need to be honest today, it's right here. We're in the house of God. The presence of God is in this place. Maybe for once you'll be honest. Say, Pastor, I need God in my life. I need the Lord in my life today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, that's me. Would you raise your hand right now? Say, that's me, Pastor. I need God. I need Jesus in my life. Is there anyone at all right now in this building? You need the Lord in your life right now. That I need the Lord in my life right now. Or maybe you've been walking with God before, but you're away from God right now. You were walking with the Lord, but somehow, somehow you got diverted. You took a detour in the wrong place. And God's saying today, he want, he's, he's reaching out to you. Say, Pastor, I need to rededicate my life to him. Who are you right now? Say, that's me. I need to come back to the Lord. I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. Is there anyone at all right now? Is there anyone at all right now? Why don't we stand together? We're going to worship just a moment here. I really sense the presence of God. How many would say, you know what? I, I want to be honest. I want to be more honest. Raise your hand. I, I, I want to be more honest. Come on, I think all of us. There's not a person in here that said, man, I want to be more honest. I want to be honest at home. I want to be honest in church. I want to be honest at work. I want to be honest in my relationships. I want to be honest. I don't want to be living a lie. I don't want to exaggerate. I don't want to deceive. I want to be honest with people. What they see is what you, what you see is what you get. That's you. I'm going to open the altar, man. Maybe, maybe you just say, you know, I'm, I'm going to strive to be honest. Come, come to the altar. Just come right now and Maybe God's speaking to you about areas in your life that you just need to be honest about. Maybe there's some things that God's dealing with your heart, your life, that I'm going to be honest with God. I need God's help in this area. I just need to be honest. I need some prayer. How many would just be honest? I need prayer in my life. I, I need to get this area right in my life today. 
I'm going to be more honest with God today. I'm going to open this altar. And as they lead us in worship this morning, just be, feel free to come. And we're just going to pray. Help us to have honest hearts today, God. We want to be honest before you. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.